0: Welcome to the Chamber Podcast. I'm Dan Harrison, Press and PR Manager at the Chamber, and I'm joined remotely, of course, by our Director of Policy and Strategic Relationships, Henrietta Brealey. We're going to discuss some of the support that's been made available to business in light of coronavirus, as well as looking at some of the gaps that still exist. Our uh, Henrietta and her team have put together a comprehensive report, Mind the Gap, which highlights a number of areas that need further attention. So, uh, Hen, how are you doing? Long time no see other than uh, on Zoom meetings and, and stuff. Hi,
1: Dan. Yeah, lovely to speak to you remotely. It's certainly a strange old time for everyone at the moment.
0: It is, it is. And uh, I mean, we work very closely on the the Chamber's messaging in terms of lobbying and policy areas. And uh, over the last three to four years, your job's kind of been nonstop Brexit. And then we get a bit of a bit of downtime on that to a degree since the election, while the transition period kind of takes form, whatever form that's going to be. And then and then suddenly we're we're, we're hit by a global pandemic. Who'd, who'd have thought it?
1: Yeah, um, certainly policy's got a lot more interesting in the last few years. I can remember when I first started in this job, we used to do lots of sort of looking forward, looking at progressive policies, like shaping shared parental leave and pay for employers, trying to influence the education system, all of that sort of thing. But as you say, over the last couple of years it's been non-stop Brexit election and now coronavirus and so no doubt in a few weeks time we'll be back to Brexit as
0: well. Blimey I bet you'd never thought you'd be thinking let's get back to, to Brexit but uh, anyway uh, mind the gap it's a very very important body of, of work and uh, to an extent it's almost changing the, the context of it with different announcements and tweaks to certain support measures that have that been made. I mean uh, the government support measures are are, are, are unprecedented and to, to use that word as we have many times and welcome but inevitably won't cover all, all businesses and, and some are going to slip through through the net which is why it's important to have this kind of uh, scrutiny and analysis that, that Mind the Gap provides.
1: Oh absolutely and there are some schemes like the furlough scheme, the coronavirus job retention scheme in particular, which are totally game-changing for businesses. There are a huge amount of people who would have been made redundant, organisations that would have been unable to cover their costs if it wasn't for that scheme. So for that one in particular, that was a really good bold step by the government to introduce that and bring that forward, particularly now it is actually paying out to employers as well. Um, But of course, there are those businesses who are missing out on support. In particular, we're hearing a lot from directors who are paid through dividends, who don't qualify for either furlough as their pay- PAYE element of pay is either low or non-existent uh, and also don't qualify for the self-employment support that's been announced. So that's one big gap that we are very aware of and um, pushing for equal support for those individuals because they're, they're often people who are running very small businesses. They're effectively self-employed individuals. Quite a few businesses were also advised to set themselves up as limited partnerships and start paying themselves in that way. Um, so it's not uh, as though they're sort of you know a sort of directors earning millions of pounds a year these are very much people who are ordinary self employed individuals owners of small businesses and people who genuinely need support as well so that's a key one another key one that we're very well aware of is uh, small businesses that aren't responsible for paying business rates so that could be people who are in shared office space people who are renting units where their landlords responsible for paying the rates and as a result they don't qualify for these grants that you may have heard a lot about so those are the small business grants uh, worth ten thousand pounds for businesses that pay small business rates uh, receive small business rates relief and the grants of twenty five thousand pounds for businesses with a rateable value of under 51k in the retail leisure and hospitality sector there are a lot of businesses that because they're not directly responsible for business rates they do not qualify for those grants even though they otherwise fit the bill so for those businesses in particular we're also calling for equivalent support so like i said there's there's really good stuff out there um it's just there are those gaps that are still lingering and those businesses that are falling between the cracks of very well-intentioned support uh that needs filling and as you said we've published the a lot of them in the mind the gap course
0: sure but it's not just about uh picking apart what what's there and what's not there in um, and you know, looking at announcements that that, that look great on on paper, because that most of them do look great on paper. But it's it's about making sure they're actually followed through and come to fruition. I mean, we're we're talking about, uh, you know, that that they're being being delivered or action with with processes that have been thrown together in a matter of, of weeks or or days. I mean, the furlough scheme alone was it was I think it was one hundred and forty thousand, was it that applied on the, on the first day? So I guess it, it, it's making sure that those are that they're delivered upon and also. You know, it's important that businesses aren't punished for for small administrative errors or, or red tape and such like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Particularly in terms of furlough, it can be quite a complicated calculation. If you've not got staff who are paid sort of a, an annual wage, if you've got more complicated cases, it is quite easy for businesses to make mistakes in some cases, particularly if they've only got limited accountancy support within their business. Um, so, in those cases, we're really calling on the government to be a bit supportive, be fair, where people have made uh, accidental errors not to penalise them. But of course, there is also the risk that these schemes, while really generous, are open to fraud. So, understandably, the government is being really clear that they are going to crack down hard on anyone who is looking to fraudulently make claims Um, And it's just making sure those accidental errors are caught up in that system. Um, I think that that piece of making sure that the support's real as well is really important. So it's been quite some time since the support for self-employed individuals was announced. But actually, as it stands, no support's been paid out yet and it's not going to be paid out until June. So self-employed individuals should hear from HMRC in May with the first grants being paid to them in June. But obviously, that's quite a few weeks and months of bills that those individuals have had to pay in that time. And the longer the lag between support being announced and reaching the people it's aiming at supporting, the bigger the issues those uh, organisations
0: will have. Okay. And you, you're uh, you, you're getting a lot of feedback from Chamber members, uh, but also you're, you're in contact with the local authorities as well. So, what are you hearing about the levels of, of success businesses are, are having in accessing or applying for, for some of these schemes?
1: It's a real mix. So, uh, we have had some good news in recent days. The number of grants being paid out to those small businesses that receive small business rates relief and those in the retail, leisure, and hospitality sector have massively increased. Those grants coming out from local authorities across the region to qualifying businesses. So there's been some good news there, although there are still quite a lot of payments that are still to be processed. On top of that, we are still finding that there's some misconceptions about how businesses can access this sort of support. So on the grants in particular, the government advice still says that businesses will be contacted directly by local authorities if they qualify. Whereas actually local authorities are saying they do not have enough business details on record to be able to make these payments but a lot of businesses, unless they get in touch and submit their bank account details, submit details of uh, their premises um, and their tenancies through online portals. So there's a bit of a, a gap there in terms of misconceptions. And from speaking to uh, local authorities today, there are still thousands of businesses that haven't got in touch with their local authority and submitted their details. So we'll no doubt find that it takes them a lot longer to receive those grants, which, as we know, small businesses desperately need to manage their cash flow in the current situation.
0: Of course, all of this is is changing at a a rapid pace, and we've even had some announcements over the past couple of days regarding aggressive debt recovery, winding up orders, and the new bounce-back loan scheme for small and micro businesses, which is something that was referenced in Mind the Gap,
1: yeah, absolutely, and these these ongoing announcements coming out from government, uh, the ones you mentioned have all come out since we first launched Mind the Gap and responded directly to some of the issues raised in there, which have also been raised by other business organisations. So it is a sign that the government is still listening and still bringing forward further measures, which is reassuring. Uh, on the coronavirus business interruption loans, in particular, there are some well-publicised issues with those. In particular, in the early days, very low numbers of businesses actually successfully being able to access them. And even after the recent government interventions to try and loosen up the criteria and get more of those moving, we were still hearing from businesses who had been unable to even hear from their banks, let alone get a loan approved. So the new bounce back loans, the loans of between two thousand and fifty thousand pounds for businesses, really welcome for filling that gap, helping speed up those applications. And hopefully, we'll wait to see the outcomes from it, but hopefully uh, get the money to small businesses that really need it.
0: That's the key, cash quickly, which we've said from from day one. Now, we're going to try and gaze into the future a little bit, if that's possible, because uh, nobody's really too sure what's going to happen over the next few weeks and months. But there have been a few reports in the press that we're very close to hearing something about certain elements of lockdown being lifted. And something that really stood out for me in mind the gap, and it's actually what we led our press release on, is that that businesses really want a bit of guidance on on what the exit plan might look like, so they can do some forward planning.
1: That's definitely the case. I think businesses up and down the country, no one wants to see a premature end to lockdown, a risk of a second spike in cases, and everyone really is committed to doing that bit to ensuring their health, wellbeing, safety. Of their employees, and also protecting the NHS from sort of an unsustainable rise in demand. So no one wants to see a premature end of lockdown. But businesses do need to know what kind of conditions they're planning for, what measures are going to be eased first, what a return to a new business as usual is going to look like, what's going to be required in the workplace in terms of social distancing or other measures to keep their employees safe, and how that's all going to work over the coming months as it stands, businesses have been able to put in place plans for the very short term, access loans to cover a couple of months. They know that the government's furlough scheme is going to carry on until the end of June. But what then? It's really important that businesses have that bit of clarity so that they can plan uh, and also make sure that they've got the finances in place to see their businesses through whatever it brings. particularly true for those businesses who are in key sectors such as retail, hospitality, international travel that were really at the front end of the impact of coronavirus, understanding when exactly they are going to be able to get back to business as usual, uh, and returning to being in business as they were before.
0: Yeah, those businesses that you mentioned—the leisure, hospitality, entertainment, food, etc.—I mean, they were among the first to be placed into to, to, to closure or lockdown. So, logic might would suggest that they might be the last to, to reopen. Which kind of poses that problem, doesn't it? Of you know, certain schemes run out at the end of June. They might then I'd be locked down longer than everybody else.
1: Yeah, and that phased approach to ending furlough, there have been some reports in recent days that the is looking at a sort of phased approach to tailoring off that scheme. Um, that will be really critical. And focusing on those sectors that are still impacted, because it's not just the government measures that impact businesses, it's also consumer confidence. And we did hear from a, a lot of hotels that rely on international travel, for instance, Even before they were told to go into lockdown, they were pretty much empty anyway due to the downturn in confidence in travelling. So that sort of tapering off of support, making sure that people aren't left with a cliff edge of support if they're in those critically affected industries. Uh, And then also when the time is right, those measures to restore people's confidence in things like travelling, events, etc. And the measures that will need to be put in place to ensure people are safe, things like um, hygiene, social distancing, etc., uh, to really restore that confidence once we reach that critical point.
0: Sure, the report does also mention a possible extension to the to the Brexit transition period, and it's it's kind of something feels like the government have skirted around it a little bit. I know the prime minister was was asked about it a few times in the the early briefings, and for kind of want of a better word, he dug his, his heels in it a bit. So, what are, what, are we, what are we actually uh, calling for in that respect? We're still very
1: much hearing from government that no ifs, buts or maybes, the Brexit transition period will end on the 31st of December. However, we are also hearing reports that perhaps negotiations aren't going quite as well as had been hoped. Certainly governments are very distracted at the moment with responding to this unprecedented pandemic uh, and the issues facing their own countries. So other other discussions like free trade agreements, etc., don't seem to be progressing as quickly as could have been hoped. So what we're really calling for is an extension to the transition period out of concern that actually businesses are pretty tapped out by this point. The resources that they had built up, the preparations they've put in place to get ready for Brexit, um actually a lot of that has now gone on navigating the current period and they just need that bit of time to recover restore the war chest as it were be able to invest in training their staff to adapt to new things such as customs declarations for exporting within the eu and generally have a bit of headroom to get their get their houses back in order before we move into the next sort of disruption which uh brexit no doubt is the largest um Uh, change to the UK's political and trading relationships for a generation, so will require change for businesses. And having that headspace to to really come to terms with where the economy is post-coronavirus, and then what changes need to be made as a result of ending the Brexit transition period, trying to fit that all into the next eight months, seems like a pretty tall order, not least due to the fact that the government's own war chest for responding to and preparing for Brexit has got to be pretty depleted itself, given the... uh, unprecedented support they've been offering uh, around keeping the economy moving through coronavirus. So that that sort of headspace, that time to think, that time to really knuckle down into negotiations and have it as the top priority, that's what we're calling for when it comes to an extension to transition.
0: Okay, and what what are your final, just lastly, what are your final takeaway messages to to businesses who are still perhaps feeling a little bit in the dark about the situation and and in terms of the support that they may or may not be eligible for?
1: (sighs) It's a really challenging time in so many ways. For individuals, we've had to adapt to a totally new way of working. For businesses, uh, I know our businesses in that case, um, having prepared budgets and forward plans for the year, all of that has been totally shaken up by the complete unprecedented change of circumstances. But what is important is you're not alone. There are a lot of other businesses asking exactly the same questions as you, having the same concerns as you, and also finding opportunities. You know, the, the world has not ground to a halt. We all may, all may be in our homes, but business is still moving, albeit in new and different ways. And there are still opportunities out there. So making sure you know you're not alone. You're reaching out. You're finding out about the support available. Uh, we've got a huge range of resources on the Chamber website from summaries of the government support through to uh, member case studies and members sharing their experiences and also offering a range of webinars and online networking opportunities for businesses to connect uh, with each other and keep up to date on how we communicating with the current situation and where those opportunities, challenges and options for solving them together are
0: brilliant well hen thanks for your time for explaining uh, all of that and some of the stuff that's in mind the gap and uh, if you want to read the report go to our website www.greaterbirminghamchambers.com and you'll also find our comprehensive coronavirus hub page with lots of detailed information thank you for listening to the chamber podcast For more episodes, you can find us on a host of podcast apps, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer and Google Podcasts, as well as the latest news section of www.greaterbirminghamchambers.com.